Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's happening here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. Hello, friends in the building. So glad to see each of you and those of you online. Thank you for joining us. We have an awesome service planned for you today, and afterwards, you've been hearing about MetFest. We have a long day ahead. Right when this is over, you guys that are here in the building, y'all run out, y'all can be first in line at the food trucks. So just secret, just because y'all are here today. We'll, we'll let you guys in on that. If I haven't met you, my name is Mary Wallace. I'm one of the pastors here at the Met. I have been here almost since the beginning. Derek and I have raised our family here, and I have, I have a big promotion. I'm gonna tell you, I'm a grandparent now. The grand, yes, the grandparents get it. Y'all, it's, it is a promotion. It's so much easier. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's that sleep deprivation thing. Moms and dads with littles, we get it. We lived it. Now you just get to love and hold and send them for the sleepless nights. And uh, we are ex- uh, we're just in heaven with our sweet Catherine. She's six weeks old now. So Pastor Bill told my kids early on, hey, whenever your mom speaks, I made a deal with my kids. If I speak their name, they get 20 bucks just, just for having their name spoken. So my kids have been banking on all of that. So they were here last night. And of course, I talked about Catherine. Caroline's just holding up her fingers. I'm like, oh yeah, start the college fund. Um, we'll go ahead and start contributing to that. We are just loving the new phase of life, getting to see God um, just bless, continue to bless our kiddos. That's always super fun, isn't it? But I, like you, have been learning with Pastor Bill the, the Beatitudes, and that we're in week five. Where does the time go? And if you've missed, let me catch you up a little bit. Um, so the Beatitudes are actually attitudes that we should be. They are found in the New Testament, the first book, as we're gonna talk about a little bit. We're gonna read through the one for today. But um, these are blessings that were given by Jesus to his disciples, actually, to people who were Christians. They're, they were part of his Sermon on the Mount, and that was Jesus' most famous sermon when he talked about it to his disciples. But what I love about these is each blessing has a future reward. I'm an achiever. How about you? If you tell me to do something and I'm going to get a reward at the end, I'm a little bit more likely to do it. But these pronouncements are called the Beatitudes. And it's from the Latin word happiness or blessedness. And the Bible tells us that all Christians should have all of them. So there's eight. We got a couple more to come. But the promise is if you do something, you will get something in return. So you can't say, hey, there's eight, I'm going to do four of them, and that means the other ones I'm just not really so good at. Scripture says we are to do all of them. So as you're learning them this week and the next week, be looking for ways that you can incorporate them into your life. Scripture talks about attitudes and characteristics and actions that we're to have throughout all of Scripture. One of my other favorites is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And it says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's some really good ones in there for us to try. But the difference about the Beatitudes is we're going to get some things to try, but the promise is going to inspire us to do them as God has called us to. So the Beatitudes are about something we're becoming. You can't have all of them all along, but as your faith grows, you're going to be able to step into some over time that maybe you haven't been able to do before. And I think this week's mercy is one of them. So our beatitude this week is Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. You and I want mercy. 
We want mercy from those in our lives. We want mercy from God, especially that when we make a mistake, we do something wrong, that somebody's gonna give us mercy and forgive us. So what is mercy? I did a lot of investigating. It's interesting. I read a lot of what it's not. So I'm gonna read you a few of these. It's not giving someone what they deserve. So if you're driving in traffic, somebody should happen to cut you off. It's not the merciful thing to drive in front of them and cut them off, honk, yell, whatever, all the things that happen, right? Mercy is just letting it go, you guys, and extending favor to them on behalf of what God is already giving you. It's not just feeling sorry for someone, although we often feel sorry um, for people who maybe are in a difficult circumstance because mercy goes beyond that, and mercy is an action and help to relieve some of the distress that they are going through. I love that this verse promises if we give it, we will get it. So I'm trying to build up my bank, right? <laughs> Let's build up a whole big bank of mercy, mercy, mercy. We're extending every single day because as we do that, then when we need it, we're gonna have a big bank to be drawing from instead of going, well, they've never served, showed any mercy, so I'm not gonna show them any. That's what we especially want from God. When we are one day in heaven and God is talking to us about our life well-lived here on the earth, right? Good and faithful servant, those words that we want to hear. We want to hear, hey, and I saw you show mercy all the time. I saw you giving forgiveness and grace to people who didn't deserve it, so you're getting extra of that. That's one of the things we can be counting on. So mercy is really helping anyone in need, but it is also an action. It's compassion, but not just feeling it as we're gonna look as we talk about it in just a minute, it's also going to be an action that we do to help someone else. God says, my people are not takers, they are givers. My people are not condemners, they are mercy givers. And my people do not think they're above anyone else to walk by them and ignore what they're going through. We give mercy. That's what Christians do. And God created it that you and I or his visible witness to people in the world every day that we come in contact with. You and I, every single day, all the people that we see, maybe with COVID it's not quite as much as it used to be, but we're still getting out. As people see us at the grocery store, at the cleaners, out to eat, whatever it is that you are involved in, your neighbors walking down the street with your dog, as they see you, we're hoping that they're starting to see a little bit of God in us to inspire them to want to know God if they don't, or to be more like him themselves. All right, so now we're convinced we need to show mercy, right? We've seen what scripture says about it. And you might be saying, okay, Pastor Mary, I get it, but you don't know what happened to me. I was reading some of the taglines from the last couple of services, and that's what I'm seeing a lot. I know I need to give mercy, but this person did something incredibly hurtful or horrible to me, and I really can't forgive them and show them mercy. So where does this mercy come from? Because I want to do it, but I literally don't have it from within me. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole purpose of Jesus dying on the cross, that once we believe in him, his spirit comes and lives inside us, and he gives us the power to do the impossible. He gives us the power to forgive somebody when we don't have it within ourselves. You guys have heard the same spirit that lives in us, lived in Jesus and helped him rise, right? from the grave, so that same power is within us to help us do something that we really don't feel we're capable 
of doing. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he has an endless supply. His mercies are new every morning. God has all of that. And he made us alive with Christ, even while we were dead in our transgressions, even though we were full of sin, couldn't meet with the holy God, right? It is by his grace that we have been saved. So we've been given eternal life. And all that we have to do is believe in Jesus. And that should inspire us because we were given mercy by a holy God. It should inspire us to give mercy to those around us who we don't really want to or feel the need to or maybe feel capable of doing. I want us to look at this today in a scripture, in a passage, so you guys can see someone who really did this well. One of my favorite parables in the Bible, it's in Luke 10. You guys may have heard of it. It's about a Samaritan. And what you need to know before we look at the text is the Samaritan and Jews were enemies. So when Jesus is telling this to his disciples who were Jewish, he's not telling them a story about a Jew who came to help another Jew. He's telling them a story about a Samaritan, one of their enemies, who the Jews had passed by him, but the Samaritan stopped and helped him. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 10. You can read it on the screens, either one. Luke 10, 30 starts. It says, Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he encountered robbers. And they stripped him and they beat him and they went away leaving him half dead. So it was bloody. There was no question if he was hurt or not hurt as he laid on the side of the road. And by coincidence, a priest was going down on that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I've done that before. Have you seen somebody in need and went, not today? I, I don't have it. It's too much drama. I can't talk to that girl today. She's going to wear me out. I'm just going to walk down the other aisle of the grocery store, and I'm just not even going to deal with it. We've all done that. But Jesus is saying, don't do that. See the people in need around you. Stop and see them. So likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place where he saw him, he passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he saw him. He saw him. He didn't just pass by trying not to look. He saw him. He saw what was going on with him. He saw the pain that he was in, and it says he felt compassion. He came up to him. He bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. So he took care of him all night. And it says, on the next day, he took out two denarii, gave his own money, and gave it to the innkeeper and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. So he's going to come back and even check on him. He went the extra mile. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed compassion to him. And Jesus said to him, go and do the same. So the Samaritan showed mercy. He believed a wounded man, even though he was different than him. Looked different, spoke different, maybe different political party, maybe a different stand on the whole medical issue we have going on right now. He didn't care. He said, he is a human being and I'm going to help him. He's worth saving. He's worth speaking to. He's worth being a friend with and taking care of. And that's what God is calling us to today as well. So he loved someone who hated him. He risked his own life to help him. The robbers could have come, 
He knew it was a dangerous road for him to be on. He spent his own money to take care of him in his own time. He was never publicly rewarded or honored. He was really the unsung hero in this. So we shouldn't just do things because we're going to get some kind of accolade for it. It's really an internal thing that God is calling us to do because we know him. So what's Jesus teaching us? Because there's always a lesson in the parable, and he's teaching us that we should help anyone he puts in our path. So if we are going down a road or we are in a certain place, it's a divine appointment. And if he, he's going to use somebody, right? And if you're not available, God will just get the next person who will also get the blessing of being merciful. So there's three things mercy does we're going to look at today. So we're going to learn how to do these so we can be practicing mercy each and every day of our lives. Number one, mercy sees. You guys saw that it said in verse 33, as he journeyed, he came to where he was and he saw him. He really saw him. I think this is something good that we've gotten out of COVID. There's a lot of good things we've gotten out of COVID and learned. And I think this is one. We've kind of slowed our pace of life down. We've kind of gotten off the crazy hamster wheel. I was talking to a few girls last weekend in the lobby and they were saying, man, I really kind of miss COVID when our kids didn't have all the sports and all the extracurricular activities. And we actually had time as a family and we're really battling. How are we not gonna jump right back into that crazy life? Because we were getting to see our neighbors and our family. I think COVID's gonna help us do that if we will remember it and take that to heart. I think you and I each and every day have choices that we get to say, I'm gonna see somebody and sacrifice my most important commodity, which is time. And I'm gonna see them. I'm just gonna, hey, check on them. Hey, how are you doing? Especially in church and at work, you guys, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Because I'm thinking you probably really don't want to know, right? But we could say, no, really. I got a few minutes. How are you? Is there anything I could be praying for you for? It's interesting enough when I put some, and I, sometimes I'll be just feeling the need. Okay, I need to spend some time praying for people. I'll put on Facebook. Hey, who needs some prayer? Lot, out of the woodwork. I'm like, I don't even need to know what it is. God knows. Just put your name down and I'm gonna have a list and I'll be praying the next couple of days. Everybody has a need for prayer. Everybody wants to know somebody has taken their name to the throne of grace and asking God, to do what only he can and to intervene. So that's always a great way if you're not even sure, hey, is there anything I could be praying for you for? You'll be surprised that people will be amazed that you see them and you see their life and you're asking questions, not just to ask, but really because you care and to listen. Jesus said, go and do the same. See people, see them. All right, number two, mercy empathizes. It responds with a heart of compassion. We saw this in verse 33. He said he felt compassion on him. Now, this comes more naturally to some of you, because some of you are really tenderhearted people, and you really feel deeply than some of us. I have to really work on this. I'm going to be honest with you, because I'm just a doer, and I'm busy. My husband is a great feeler. He's <laughs> the two of us. I'm like, he'll cry at the drop of a hat. If he sees somebody hurt or hears a sad story, or, you know, I'm like, ah, they're going to be okay. I have to really work on feeling what the people are feeling. And I think part of that's because I don't want to feel because there's some hurt there from my past and I don't really want to go there. And I'm trying to be healthier about that, but we're called to do that. We're called to empathize. So we can't say, hey, I'm not really good at that, God, so this is really one I'm not going to do. 
He says, no, I have a journey I'm taking you on. And I want you to be good at this one too. And God can give us the power to do that as well. My granny had a sign going into her garage. And I say garage because we never used her front door. I don't know why. Do you have family like that? You just pull into the driveway and you go in through her garage. And on the left of the door frame, I could still see it in my mind's eye. And it said, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it was just for the tack put up on that wall. And from a little girl, I remember that sign, two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20 years old till she passed away. I remember seeing that sign every time I walked in. It was a reminder. I didn't really know what it meant as a young girl. I knew it meant I was probably supposed to be nice to people if I wanted them to be nice to me. I didn't really know it meant this mercy part of it. I didn't really know that it was going to mean I was going to have to show mercy and forgive and be nice to somebody who wasn't being nice to me or to give grace to somebody who had really hurt me. I didn't know what all of that meant, but it's, it's a reminder for us. That's what the Bible teaches. And if we can't do it for anything else, be thinking in your mind, how would I want someone to treat me in this situation? And usually we'll think of the right things. So sometimes we have the ability and the mercy to forgive someone, and sometimes that's only through the power of Jesus. I think it's God's way of keeping us a little dependent upon him. Because if we could do everything within our own selves, we wouldn't need God, right? So sometimes we get in these positions that we, we're so maybe anxious, we're so um, angry that within ourselves, we can't do what God's called us to do. And that could be a plethora of things, not just this. But it's God's way of saying, hey, remember, I'm here. You need me. My way is right. Come trust me with it. Come approach me and I will help you do what needs to be done. Remember, God said, empathize, go and do the same. And we all have the ability to do that through Jesus as well. All right, number three, mercy serves others. It responds externally with a practical effort. We talked about it was an action, remember? Verse 34 said he came, remember he bandaged him, he poured oil and wine on his wounds and he helped him on his animal and he took care of him. Wow. Mercy lives out God's heart. Mercy is when I see a person who's feeling unloved and I step up to the plate and I love them. Or it's when I see someone lonely and I give them my presence. It's, it's when we step outside of ourselves and actively do something to help somebody else and make their life a little better than it was. But at its heart also, mercy is forgiveness. It's when you give somebody something maybe they don't deserve so much because you've been forgiven, because God has forgiven you from all of your sins. Once we trust in Jesus, Scripture says, we're forgiven all of our sins, past, future, present, because Jesus' blood has covered it all. So if we have been so richly forgiven, there's nothing anybody else can do that we shouldn't be able to forgive them as well. Remember, Jesus said, go and do the same. So if you're wondering, what do I need to do to, to be merciful? That's all we have to do is just do what God has already called us to do. As I was studying this passage, I was trying to think of some people in my life who have really stepped up and been merciful and have really inspired me to do more of the same. And I thought of a few people growing up who really were very merciful to me. And looking back now, 
I didn't realize that's what they were doing, but that's what they were doing. And I, I think of our people who serve at our food pantry each and every week. You guys have heard so much about our food pantry because we serve hundreds of people on Saturday. So they start setting up on Thursday. It takes a long time. Trucks come in, get all the food, get it laid out, get it all packaged up. And they serve selflessly and they give away food, which is awesome, but that's not all they do. They give away love. They see these people, they're memorizing their names. I've been out there and they're going, hey, how's your kids? How did that test go? They know things about them. They're praying for them. They're giving back to them actively. They see them. They're crying with them, praying with them about the lost job or a lost family member. And then they're actively serving them. And it really makes a difference in people's lives. Just like the Samaritan, they've loved others. I've seen them spend their own money for somebody who had told them something they were looking for and they didn't have. They're not looking for accolades for it. They're just serving and God is blessing them richly, blessing both people, the receiver and the giver. That's what scripture says. But I also thought of Brant John. I don't know if you remember this, a couple of years ago, a trial that was going on and he was a young man and he showed mercy and I've never forgotten it. You might remember the story. His older brother was murdered and he had to wait almost a year to face the accuser and for it to go to trial and to have some closure in it. He felt every emotion. He felt pain, he felt hurt, he felt regret. It was his big brother. They had all these plans in life together and he had to, to say goodbye to a lot of those and he was really struggling emotionally and the attorney was telling him at the, at the end of the trial, they have a thing called the victim impact statement. And he was going to get to sit before the accuser. Have you guys seen those before? He was going to get to sit before the accuser and tell them everything that this crime had cost him. Financially, emotionally, their family, everything. So when it came time for the trial, Brant said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it now. That all sounded good in theory, right? But now to get up on the seat and talked to Amber Geiger was her name. And he said, I I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. And they said, well, you got some time. You know, by the end of the trial today, if you think you can do it, let us know. So literally, he says, two minutes before, he just felt God told him he was supposed to get up and say something to her. It was amazing as we watched through this young man, the transformation over this year as God had been preparing him for what was to come. Judge Tammy Kemp was presiding over this whole trial in the case, and she said his love and mercy actually changed her life as well. Let's take a look at the video. I saw a remarkable young man who came to the stand, and I did not expect, I don't know what I thought he was going to say, but I did not imagine that that was his forgiveness, his outreach to her, um, his telling her that he only wanted the best for her. I did not expect that. I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time what you've, or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just, I 
I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. There was a lot of crying. Um, I have not had one where defense counsel and prosecutors are crying, mm -hmm. as well as the defendant's family and the victim's family. And yes, I was crying. It's not unusual for me to cry. I cry almost all the time. And I think it was cathartic for everybody because uh, the attorneys fought hard. It was a horrific circumstance. And I think Brent Jean gave us an example that the person is more than just the act, the horrific act that they've committed. Wow, huh? That's a visible mercy that's really difficult for us to take in. After this, and they sat down, Judge Kemp said she told Amber, hey, you have been forgiven. Do something great with your life. There's going to be a consequence. You know, she's going to serve some time in prison, but do something great with your life. And she asked her, do you think that's really possible? Do you really think it's possible for me to go on after all of this and do something great with my life? Do you think that God is even going to forgive me for this? Judge Kemp happens to be a Christian. And she said, oh, yes, I know God. 
and he will forgive you for this. And Amber said, I don't know that God, and I don't even have a Bible. And Judge Kemp said, hang on just a second. She got up from her seat. She went back into her chambers. She came out with her very own personal Bible. She handed it to her, and then she opened it up to John 3.16. And she said, I have a verse I want to share with you. She told her the verse about God said, whoever comes to me and asks for forgiveness, I'll forgive him. If he believes in my son, I will forgive him. So she said, you make a decision now to trust Jesus as your Savior, and he will forgive you. Judge Kemp, as you can imagine, took a lot of flack for that. For a judge to go get a Bible and give it to a defendant, she says they were kind of hard on her about that. And at that point, Amber says, can I have a hug from you as well? And she said she stood there for a second thinking because there's some rules with judge and defendants and the sheriff. And she said, I'm, she said she had to ask me twice and I feel really bad about that because I was thinking, is this the right thing to do? And she said, she asked me again, can I have a hug? And she said, and I hugged her. And I told her that God loved her. Wow. The reverberations of what happened in that courtroom, we will never know. Because all of those people, you saw them all, they will remember this for the rest of their life. They'll tell their kids and their grandkids about the most merciful act that they ever saw and the changes that were made because that young man was faithful and showed mercy to the impossible. Back to the Good Samaritan, they saw her, they felt her pain, right? And then they took action and they did something about it. They gave a hug, they gave a Bible, they gave some hope. It's one of the greatest things that they gave her. So as we leave today, my question for you is, who is God calling you to show mercy to? You probably already know in your mind. Is there something there that's already reverberating and bubbling up that you know you're supposed to forgive? Today's the day. Don't let another day go. Don't let another day go that it's keeping you strapped back from what God has for you. There's nothing we could have ever done to deserve the mercy that we've been given. So we should give it freely to others, just as Brent Sean did. Remember, Jesus said, go and do the same. That's our command. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you for each of my friends here, Lord. And we come to you giving our heavy hearts to you, our souls, Lord. We want to be people that exemplify you to others, Lord. But most of all, thank you for your mercy that you've extended to us. Just as John 3.16 says, you loved us so much that you sacrificed your only son on our behalf so we can live forever with you in eternity. Lord, we want to give that same mercy to others. Give us the strength to represent you well, to show the Beatitudes to people who you put in our path that we can lead others to you by seeing our actions and our love that's not like what the world gives. I know you're going to give us all an opportunity to do that this week. Open our eyes to see the unseen, Lord, to see what's going on around us, to take our eyes off of ourselves and our burdens for a few minutes to give to somebody else. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you love us so much. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us by visiting metchurch.com so that we can follow up with you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week.